we've got one week to go until the Big 12 football season is here. And now is the time to take a look at five bold predictions for the Big 12 this season. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is our site, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Let's get right to it. We appreciate you joining us, whether it's radio or podcast. And just a reminder on the podcast, leave us a rating and review, please. Uh, It takes two seconds. It helps us a lot. And in return, I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep the beer cold this season. All you have to do is leave that rating, review, subscribe, and then email me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate that. First bold prediction for the 2019 Big 12 season is Iowa State playing for a Big 12 championship in early December. Now, this may not shock those of you that have been listening to me for quite some time. I've been very high on Iowa State this year. I truly believe in what Matt Campbell continues to build back-to-back eight-win seasons. He's now got his stud quarterback, his franchise quarterback, so to speak, in Brock Purdy, something he did not have the previous couple of seasons. And also, he's got a defense that returns most of its stars with John Heacock as his defensive coordinator. He's got Tom Manning back at offensive coordinator. He's got his best offensive line. Yes, replacing Hakeem Butler and replacing David Montgomery is not going to be easy. But I think that Iowa State has enough there to say this team can get over those humps. And on top of that, I'm looking around the rest of the conference, and I'll get to this in a little bit. I'm not convinced Texas is back like everybody says they are. I'm I'm just not convinced of that. And then I'm looking at a a very packed middle of the pack, so to speak, with Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma State and saying – all right, why not Iowa State? Why can't this team play for a Big 12 championship? And that's one of the many reasons I'm looking at this team and I'm saying to myself, you know what? They can do it. They can do it. They can do it well. And they can be the second best team in this conference. So I think they'll be in AT&T Stadium in early December taking on the Oklahoma Sooners for the Big 12 championship. Meantime, prediction number two, five bold predictions for the Big 12 this season. Charlie Brewer will lead the Big 12 in passing yards. Last year, he finished fifth behind Will Greer, Kyler Murray, Taylor Cornelius, and Sam Ellinger. Ellinger is the only guy back that finished ahead of Charlie Brewer last season in passing yards in the Big 12. But this guy, I think he is going to be and will go into the season as one of the most underrated players in the conference and will light things up behind an offensive line that's been terrible, terrible the past two years. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, the 2018 OU offensive line, but it should be improved because it can't be much worse. And then you look at Brewer with another year under his belt. You look at the weapons that he's got. I mean, where do you want to start at wide receiver? Denzel Mims, who... By the way, Matt Rule said the other day is having an incredible camp. Chris Platt, Marquez Jones, Josh Fleeks all back, uh, guys that were productive last year. You have all Americans ready to take that next step. R.J. Sneed, uh, Gavin Holmes had a good freshman season. Jalen Ellis was a true freshman and all American at a Cedar Ridge in Round Rock. He could be getting some reps. The opportunities are endless for this Baylor team at wide receiver. And then you have guys out of the backfield. You know, John Lovett, Tress and Ebner, 
Jermichael Hasty, can they catch the ball a little bit? If so, Charlie Brewer, I think, is going to end up leading the Big 12 in passing yards. A couple other reasons as well, I think this is going to be the case. Um, I look at style, and I look at talent. Sure, Jalen Hurts is an obvious choice because of Lincoln Riley, because of the offense, and because of the weapons. But I'm I'm just, first off, not convinced that Hertz doesn't run the ball more this year than, say, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield ever did. Hertz is clearly more of a dual-threat quarterback, so that may reduce his passing yards. And also, you know, I wonder, I just wonder, this is not one of my bold predictions, but I just wonder whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback for the entire season in Norman. Not because of injury, but I just wonder if he's going to live up to the hype if they don't give a Tanner Mordecai or a Spencer Rattler a shot at some point. So that'll, off the bat, um, hurt the OU quarterback potentially. Ellinger, you can make that debate. You know, you can certainly say, well, Ellinger finished ahead of Brewer last season. Why wouldn't he this season? We can have that conversation, but I still think that the system is built for Brewer, if things go right, to have more passing yards than Sam Ellinger. Meantime, West Virginia, uh, that could be a musical chairs at quarterback, so there's no reason to believe that someone there is going to you know, lead the Big 12 in passing like Will Greer did a year ago. And Oklahoma State's got the same thing going on, you know? I mean, Oklahoma State is uh, looking at a quarterback battle, Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders. And I think Mike Gundy, for the first couple of weeks, could bounce it around a little bit between those two guys before settling in on a quarterback. Elsewhere around the conference, do you want to say Brock Purdy? Eh, Baylor's offense more catered to throwing the ball around the field. Same thing, Kansas State, Skylar Thompson. And, and you know, I'm just trying to think of what else there could possibly be. What other teams could surpass Baylor or Charlie Brewer in passing yards? TCU's not going to do it. Alan Bowman? Eh, make the argument. But, but if you look at the history of Matt Wells at Utah State, they want to run the ball. This is not Cliff Kingsbury's offense. It's not. Very different. And Kansas, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to mention it, but we all know the deal there. So I think Charlie Brewer leads the Big 12 in passing yards this fall. Number three, bold prediction for the Big 12 this season. Texas loses at least three games. So here's the deal for Texas. You look at the schedule, and it's very difficult. You may not realize this, but we all know about the LSU game in the non-conference right away. I mean, that could be a tough game. That could end up being a loss. LSU is ranked sixth in the preseason AP poll. But then you also have to look at the fact that Texas's most difficult games are not in their home stadium. You have the OU game in Dallas like you do every year. Then you have Iowa State, Baylor, and TCU all on the road. That's a hard place to find nine wins along with the fact that you're assuming they're not going to slip up and lose a game they shouldn't, which, you know, for all of Tom Herman's abilities to win the big game when he's the underdog, he sometimes, and and oftentimes, history proves, he drops a game he shouldn't. And when you're replacing eight starters on defense, and I trust Todd Orlando, I mean, he, he is one of the best defensive minds in the Big 12, I still say, are we buying in too much to this team because they got back to the Big 12 championship game. They beat Georgia. We all want them to be good. That's healthy for the Big 12. But are we are we jumping to that assumption too quickly for the 2019 season? And I think that we are. Now, three losses might still get them in a Big 12 title game. 
they could lose to LSU, go 7-2 and two in the Big 12, and still be playing for a Big 12 championship in December. That could very well happen. But I think that Texas will lose at least three games this season, and it's going to be 2020 when they're national championship contenders because that's when Ellinger's got another year under his belt. That's when this incredible class of 2018 with all the defensive backs, you know, it felt like every great defensive back in America – recruited or committed to Texas in the class of 2018, they're going to be either true juniors or redshirt sophomores next season. That is when I think this team will be a national title contender. And you'll have a situation where Tom Herman's got a couple of recruiting classes under his belt, really good recruiting classes, because remember that first one was was not ideal in 2017 for him coming in from Houston. So he'll have his guy in Ellinger who will be a legitimate Heisman threat next year. I just think this team will stabilize. They could still win 9-10 games, but next year will be the big jump to national championship contender. This year, I'm looking at at least three losses for the Texas Longhorns. Also, in bold Big 12 predictions for the upcoming season, no college football playoff team in the Big 12. Nope. Not OU, not Iowa State, who I think is going to be in the uh, Big 12 championship game. It's not happening this year for the Big 12. It's just not. It's not that it's not a really good conference. I think that's part of the problem. It is a really good conference. It's an improving conference as well. And it's a conference... That has as much parity as it's had maybe ever. Maybe ever. OU is still the odds-on favorite. I get it. They're my favorite. I think they win the Big 12 as a whole. But after what they lost last year, I'm not convinced Jalen Hurts is, you know, part three of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, working in a new defensive coordinator, getting through, you know, some issues there and working that all out. I just think the gap between OU has shrunk between them and the rest of the conference. And I think you look at the rest of the conference and you can say, okay, Texas improving. Baylor improving. Iowa State improving. TCU should be better. Defense really good. Can they figure out the quarterback situation? All those teams are improving. And there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to look at it. So I see the Big 12 champion having two losses this year and not making the college football playoff. I just look at the top, and Clemson, Alabama, because of their schedules, are I mean, they're more or less locks. So then you really have the rest of the country fighting over two spots. And you know they are A-OK with a second SEC team being in there. We've seen the committee do that. And if Alabama is that good again, you know, why not a Georgia? Why not an LSU? Why not a Florida? They're going to make that argument. And then – you look around the rest of the conference or the rest of the country, and it's like, all right, you know, if the Pac-12 has a one-loss team, that's a conference champion. The Pac-12 is going to find its way in there. And can Michigan finally get over the hump in the Big Ten? Or does Ohio State hang on as a one-loss champ? Whatever it might be, there are just too many other options right now I can find that keeps the Big 12 out of the college football playoff this year. And my last bold prediction for the upcoming season in the Big 12 – Somebody by December 31st of 2019 is no longer the head coach of their current program in this conference. You know, we ranked the hot seats in the Big 12 uh, a couple of months ago. I did that on this podcast, and no one's really on the hot seat. On a scale of 1 to 10, maybe a couple of guys are 4s or, you know, 5 maybe. 
but no one's in the hot seat. So you're like, okay, how is this possible? How is someone not going to be the head coach of their program by December 31st, 2019? Well, you can find reasons, right? And and history tells us the odds of you returning every coach in any Power 5 conference year to year is very unlikely. Very unlikely. So once again, these are all just possibilities, but you can find enough. And just one of them has to happen. So these are not things that I think are going to happen, but things that could theoretically happen. Does Lincoln Riley win another Heisman Trophy with a third different quarterback and win a Big 12 title, and finally the NFL comes calling? For real. Does Matt Campbell get to a Big 12 title game? Ryan Day blows up at Ohio State, and Ohio State tries to right its wrongs and get Matt Campbell away? Or does Brian Kelly blow himself up at Notre Dame and they call Matt Campbell after a really successful year? Possible, sure. Massive buyout, yes, but possible. Does Neil Brown have a disastrous first year, think Morgantown's not for him anymore, and skip for an SEC job that might open up? Kind of back in his uh, home territory, so to speak. Matt Rule, I mean, the guy's flirted with the NFL two years in a row now. Why not make it three? Matt Wells, does he exceed expectations? And suddenly, he's looking around for maybe a better gig than Texas Tech. Mike Gundy says, I'm here to stay, but you know what? History tells us otherwise. Does he have a team call him and try to lure him away from Stillwater, which seems to happen every other offseason? Is Les Miles such a disaster that one year is enough? That he just says, I can't turn this thing around. I don't believe any of those things are going to happen. I think it's more likely than not all 10 coaches are back in 2020. But just one of them has to happen. And these are, once again, bold predictions. Not things that I'm confident are going to happen, but things that if I'm going out on a limb, I believe are going to happen. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. There you have it, five bold predictions for the upcoming Big 12 season. Well, coming up, the AP poll was released, and some of these uh, some of these voters, man, they just they got to stop drinking. Man, they are just beside themselves with some of these guys. I'll tell you why, tell you what it means for the Big 12 coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey, guys, Pete Mundo here, and now that we're actually in the college football season, it's here. Well, there's only one place to make those Big 12 bets, and that's mybookie.ag. I'm using them. I hope you will as well. It's the only place I'd recommend to my listeners. Use the promo code BIG12, that's one word, BIG12, at mybookie.ag for a 100% sign-up bonus with a minimum deposit of $45 and a maximum deposit of $1,000. And I guess I should point this out. Big 12 is Big 1-2. Don't spell out Big 12, just Big 1-2, one word. At mybookie, you bet, you win, and they pay. MyBookie lets you bet on which college coaches are going to get fired, who's going to make the playoff, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy, can OU do it again. You can bet on halftime lines, live odds, even the FBS versus the FCS games. It's all at MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, up to $1,000 in the first deposit, minimum deposit of $45. So MyBookie, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and the promo code BIG12, that's one word, BIG12. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid.
Well, we've got the AP poll out, and that means college football is more or less unofficially here. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So, AP poll comes out, and three Big 12 teams make the top 25, and it is the three that many of us would expect. Oklahoma at number four, Texas at number 10, Iowa State at number 21. That's how I would have thought it would have went down for the AP voters. Now, who got votes? Well, this was interesting. Three Big 12 teams received votes in the AP poll. TCU got 57 votes. Oklahoma State got three. And West Virginia got three. West Virginia? I mean, I love the Mountaineers. But who is giving... The Mountaineers, any votes in the AP poll? I'm sorry. Has anybody looked at the roster turnover from last year? Has anybody at all that gave West Virginia votes in the AP poll looked at the roster turnover? I mean, unless Neil Brown's mother is now voting in the AP poll, I don't know how this happens in any type of legitimate, unbiased AP poll. I don't get it. That makes no sense to me. If you told me the AP poll was going to come out and West Virginia was going to have votes and Baylor was not, I would have said, how is that possible? How is that possible? It's just like some of these guys or gals that vote for this thing, they they really just don't pay attention. Uh, they, They just don't pay attention. This is not a knock on the Mountaineers. I know Mountaineers fans are going to be mad at me for this. But seriously, the Mountaineers have no business getting any votes in the AP poll in the preseason. Now, hey, go smack around James Madison. Go beat Missouri on the road. Go beat NC State. I'll put you in the top 25, especially since we don't know what you're doing at quarterback right now. But goodness gracious, there's nothing right now to justify West Virginia in the top 25. You You can't do it. So I don't know who gave them votes, but... It just shows you how flawed the AP polling system is, and it is, which is why I'm glad we have this committee. I know I rail on the committee when appropriate, but it's a heck of a lot better than a bunch of writers sitting around deciding the uh, whole deal. So we got that much going for us. Now, Oklahoma at number four. They come in behind Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia, to be expected, ahead of Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas at 10. And then you go down to Iowa State. Here's what I like about this top 25 AP poll that came out. I love the fact that Iowa State gets a ranked Iowa team in the middle of September. Iowa comes in at number 20, right behind them, Iowa State. It's a great opportunity for Iowa State to get over that hump against Iowa, which they have not done yet since Matt Campbell came to campus and beat a top 25 team, their arch rivals in-state in the non-conference. That would be fantastic. For Texas, massive opportunity, taking on LSU, the sixth team in the country, at home in the second week of the season. If college game day is not in Austin, Texas in week two, I will lose my mind, and the Big 12 bias will be even more real. How do they not go to a potential top 10 non-conference game with not just, you know any two top 10 teams two blue bloods two of the all-time blue bloods in texas and lsu in austin week two 
It does not get any better. And for those of you who are new to this show and new to this podcast, you may have not heard me say this before. I don't care if you're a Boomer Sooner fan and you hate Texas with everything in your blood. I don't care if you're a TCU fan or a Baylor fan and you hate Texas with everything you've got. Do us all a favor. Root for Texas against LSU. It is fine. It's good for Texas. But it is good for the Big 12. And it's then good for you for when your team takes on Texas and you, for your sake, hopefully beat them. You want Texas to beat LSU, and you should be rooting. Every Big 12 fan base should be rooting for every other Big 12 team to win its non-conference games. And that is what you want to have happen. It shows strength for the conference, uh, top to bottom, and it's a good thing for the Big 12 conference. That would be great. So just keep that in mind as the uh, season goes along. Now, I spent some time knocking West Virginia there, so let me give the Mountaineers some props. They officially have the toughest non-conference schedule in the Big 12, bar none. It just came out the FCS rankings. James Madison, who West Virginia plays week one, has the uh, odds-on favorite, James Madison is, to win the FCS national championship. So that means that Neil Brown, in his first year with a rebuild, has to take on the favorites to win the FCS national title and then two Power 5 teams in Missouri on the road out of the SEC and NC State out of the ACC, two teams who have had really good success the last couple of years. It's West Virginia, and then it's everybody else in the Big 12. I know Texas has the LSU game we just talked about, but talk about depth and talk about a, a program that does not have a week off. It's West Virginia. It's the Mountaineers. This is a really difficult non-conference schedule. There's no other way around it. Missouri got to the Liberty Bowl last year, lost to Oklahoma State. NC State's got nine in four each of the past two seasons, got to the Gator Bowl last year. This is a behemoth of a non-conference slate, especially when you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, we got a couple of starting quarterbacks named in the Big 12. That's next. Well, a couple of quarterback battles in the Big 12 have been figured out. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Lincoln Riley naming Jalen Hurts the OU starting quarterback. Uh, Color me shocked. Yes, I know. Absolutely stunning. Jalen Hurts wins the uh, quarterback job for the Oklahoma Sooners. I'll say this, though. And I know we just talked to Gabe Eichert about it, and he feels differently. I would not be shocked if Jalen Hurts does not start every game for OU this year. There's a lot of talk around Tanner Mordecai. A lot of when we know Spencer Rattler comes in, true freshman, uh, top quarterback in the country in the class of 2019. A lot of hype around him. I just think that Hurts has got such big shoes to fill with Mayfield and Murray, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I, you know, I mean, he had a really good career when he was the starter at Alabama. But he was also playing with the most talented roster in America. You could take any Big 12 quarterback, put him on that Alabama roster when Jalen Hurts was on it, and I think they'd do pretty well. You know, at least the top half of the conference – 
and this is not a knock on Skylar Thompson, but I think if Skylar Thompson was the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, they would have just as much success. The, the team is that good, has that much talent which, with that much depth. And OU's got a ton of talent as well and a ton of depth as well. I'm not saying they don't. And Lincoln Riley is a quarterback whisperer. But if for some reason this thing does not get off to a red-hot start, uh, I don't think the leash is that long for Jalen Hurts. I'll put it that way. I don't think the leash is that long. But I'm not shocked at all. He's the starting quarterback. Um, and you know what? He's still our pick for our Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year simply because of the astronomical numbers he can put up in this offense. So keep an eye on it, all right? Keep a close eye on it. Also, Austin Kendall, West Virginia, not a stunner there either, beating out Jack Allison. But an interesting development here for West Virginia is that Jared Daigie is a transfer in the spring, has been ruled eligible immediately for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Comes from Bowling Green, and I got to be honest, don't be shocked if this guy's starting a game sometime this season. I know it was Bowling Green, but you can't deny that this guy, you know, has had a really good career. Started 17 games the past two seasons, 12 games all of 2018, completing 63% of his passes, 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. And I'll tell you what, if you're Neil Brown, are you bringing in Seth Dagey if you think that Austin Kendall is the be-all, end-all answer for you at quarterback? You know, I mean, Austin Kendall came in a couple months prior, and maybe he's just hedging his bets, Neil Brown, but are you doing that if you think you have a stud in Austin Kendall or in Jack Allison or in Trey Lowe? I don't think you are. And with the way that conference or the way that non-conference schedule is set up for West Virginia, James Madison, Missouri, NC State, I wrote about it this week. I mean, that's as brutal a non-conference as not just anybody in the Big 12, but it's the toughest in the Big 12. It's it's one of the best non-conference slates in America. But things don't go well early on for Austin Kendall. You want to talk about a guy with a short leash. I think it's Austin Kendall. And I think Austin Kendall knows it. I think Neil Brown, he may not admit it. He can't admit it publicly that the guy he just named a starting quarterback has a short leash. But I have got to imagine it is it is very short. And you know it should be short. I mean, Austin Kendall, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Nice player. Former four-star recruit. But, you know, we're going on four years since the guy played any meaningful football. Those stars next to your name don't mean much four years after the fact. If he's not getting it done, uh, Neil Brown should be trying out something else. He should be looking at somebody like a Jarrett Dagey or a Jack Allison, who I was not overly impressed with in that bowl game last year, but in fairness, a lot of the top guys were not playing. Um, but he's another former four-star guy from from Miami. So options should be uh, should be wide open for West Virginia at that quarterback spot. That's That's not unreasonable. Not unreasonable at all. By the way, let me note this as well as we wrap up the show. I'm starting to feel more and more this way every single day. But my goodness, I really think we're overlooking Texas Tech. You know, we think about a new coach replacing a guy who got fired, and it's like, oh, rebuild. They got some things to work on, uh, yada, yada. Uh, I'm not so sure. Now, I'm not saying Tech's going to win the Big 12 title or even be close to Arlington in uh, December. But – 
this team has a lot coming back that you have to like. Notably, the quarterback, who I've raved about in Alan Bowman, and the offensive line, all upperclassmen. Derek Duke ranked the offensive line to the Big 12 um, heading into the season. And you might be surprised to know that Texas Tech's at number five. They're in the top half. They have a decent offensive line this year, veteran offensive line. And then you talk about the weapons, TJ Vasher, Seth Collins, Keyshawn Carter. Then you have transfers like Louisiana Monroe's R.J. Turner. And there are pieces there. And on defense, David Gibbs had a good thing going. Jordan Brooks and Rico Jeffers at linebacker, very underrated. Cal transfer Evan Rambo could really help fill out that unit nicely. And, and the loss of safety Justice Parker hurts. He's been suspended for a year, but secondary's got real potential. Adrian Fry had a great freshman season in 2018, and they got this Penn State quarterback transfer, cornerback transfer in Zach McPherson, who was a former four-star guy and ESPN top 300 player. Once again, do I think... That Tech's going to be competing for a Big 12 title? No, but I took the over on the win total of six last uh, last week. I mentioned that to you. And the more research and the more digging I do on the Red Raiders, the more I like this team being sneaky this year and being overlooked and having some uh, nice potential. And by the way, having a coaching staff that no one in the conference really knows does not hurt in that first year because you don't have a lot to prepare for or plan for necessarily. So just I'm just saying, don't overlook this Red Raiders team, all right? Because we we all do it, and I've kind of looked at this season as a you know OU at the top still, but the gap is smaller between them and the rest of the conference. And then you know depending the order you want to go, Texas, Iowa State, Iowa State, Texas, Baylor, TCU, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. But Texas Tech's name doesn't come in there. Doesn't usually make the conversation. And I'm starting to think that they should. I'm starting to think that they should be part of that conversation and they should be included in that second tier or middle tier of the Big 12 and not automatically put on that third tier simply because, you know, they have a new head coach, uh, new staff, not sure what they have going on. If that team stays healthy last year, Cliff Kingsbury is still the head coach. So that tells you a lot right there. Keep an eye on it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys are awesome. Um, not going to be at Cyhawk this year, unfortunately. Something personal came up. I am going up to Ames for a game, though. I will tell you where and when next week. Once again, I'll tell you which Iowa State game I will be planning to go to this fall. I will be there. I'll announce it next week. Appreciate you guys. You're the best. Uh, for the podcast, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe. It helps us enormously. It takes you two seconds, and then I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you have to do is rate and review and subscribe to the podcast and send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you so much, guys. Also, please note we're partnered with my bookie for the season. Um, deposit there, mybookie.ag. Promo code BIG12, mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus on at least a $45 deposit. So we'll be doing picks. I love doing picks on the uh, on the website, and sometimes I make it to the podcast as well. So mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12 for a 100% 
sign-up bonus. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com.